Hello, and welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. In today's episode, Joshua Rempel and I, Dane Tony, talk about mental toughness. So without further ado, let's jump in. Mental toughness. Uh, a lot of times it's, I think it's not used out of context necessarily, but there's a lot more that goes into it than I think what a lot of people think mental toughness is. Uh, it's one of those things that when you see somebody being mentally tough, it's a lot usually um, comes along with physical toughness. So we think of somebody finishing a or cro- sorry crossing the finish line after a grueling race as being mentally tough. Um, we see advertisements for like you know sp- special forces training or something going through. Uh, selection process, uh, people having really extreme, and usually, again, usually it's it's right along there with physical adversity. And I'm I'm not saying they don't go hand in hand, but that there's a lot more to it than just that. So we're gonna be diving right into your philosophy. Well, um, <laughs> it's definitely not mental toughness. Yeah, no, I can't claim that this is my philosophy. This is. I've heard way smarter people talk about it. I'm basically paraphrasing, <laughs> more or less. So just just things, yeah, some of it's things I've learned. It's other people I've listened to who talk about it. Um, but it was it, it is interesting because I, like you hear people say, good mental toughness, good mental fitness, as uh, like in support or cues. But to me, it was always, there's moments of that. And sure, like going through a hard workout in the gym, um, pushing through when you want to quit like yeah that's part of it but that's by no means a whole picture there's a lot more to being mentally tough and you could be mentally tough and not physically fit I mean that's the other thing like I guess maybe because we do because of the gym like it's always equated with that but it doesn't have to be I mean you know you could be mentally tough person and just be the best parent in the world or or the best friend or because you, you're, as we'll kind of get into, um, there's just a lot more to it than just the physicality of it. Why do you think it's important? Or do you think it's important? Yeah, I definitely think it's important. I think it's important because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's helping you stay true to your purpose, basically. Um, because it's not easy. And if you only do the things that are easy, I would imagine the likelihood of your, I, I, I would bet you're not a very happy person. <laughs> Honestly, because it, like we need, humans need purpose. You need a goal. Are you, you saying need, mentally weak people are not happy? Potentially, but if they don't know they're mentally weak, maybe they're happy. <laughs> Uh, no, I do. I think I think we need adversity. I think we need to overcome adversity. I think that that helps individuals become better, become better people. Uh, it gives you wins. I mean, you don't want to lose all the time, right? In life, like if you lose all the time, again, the likelihood of you being happy. And I know it's fairly generic, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole everybody, but you're probably not that happy. Like it sucks to lose all the time. And that could be in any different context. So how do you not lose all the time? You learn, you become better, 
right? And and you overcome those things, and then you stack up small wins. Like that's way better than losing. So. So in this podcast, we're talking about um, five elements. How many elements are there? Yeah, I got five attributes, more or less, that kind of make that up encompass. consist. Yeah, and by no means is this a finalized list. It's just kind of five five things to think about in the realm of mental mental toughness and how it contributes to that. So first, uh, go ahead. So how do these five elements, like why are the, why are these five elements that determine mental toughness? Uh, I think they're important in the sense that they do all uh, the things more that we kind of talked about. Like, again, if you, if you take a highlight reel of mental toughness videos or on Instagram, like it's going to be a snapshot of somebody accomplishing something great, right? And then right by that is like, oh, they're so mentally tough. Like literally, I'm, I'm picturing people crossing the finish line or selling the business that they work so hard to create. And, and there's always at the end of these things, it's like they're mentally tough. But it, And then you think, okay, so if I do something really hard, I'm mentally tough if I finish it. But it's, it's, in all honesty, it's easy to go finish a marathon. Like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, you go... I don't know. Go I'm out. I'd make it. <laughs> you could, though. That's the thing. I mean, I could. Like, you could it, do one could marathon. Walk, that's walk what I'm it. saying. You could finish it. And true. just true. because you finished true, it... I do believe that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that you're mentally tough. I would... Even I would, what if I had to walk the whole thing and you didn't think I was mentally tough? I would say you showed some very good signs of putting some mental toughness. <laughs> Perseverance. Yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I'm not downplaying that. How long did it take me? But 12 what if, hours. So what if... <laughs> what if, What if you did your marathon, you finished it, and then for the next year, you decided not to get off the couch because you showed so much mental <laughs> fitness for that because one six-hour period that it took you to walk a marathon or eight I hours, mean, right? It's going to be a lot longer than six hours. Well, whatever it took. What I'm saying is it's, it's day in and day out over time, over years, extrapolated out over a lifetime, that like truly mentally fit people continue... To show up, they continue to stay on top of their health. They continue to try and be good friends, better people, parents, relatives, whatever it is, right? And that's like true mental toughness. It's not a snapshot of 10 minutes here or it's eight hours here. It's it's eight hours today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life. All right, so let's get into the five elements all right so real quick the five elements we got become a learner expect adversity take aim and learn your triggers don't be triggered by the word trigger uh silence the detractors or critics and practice so start with the first one why is it important to become a learner basically because a learner doesn't have a fixed mindset so we think thinking of things as effort based and not talent. Um, most likely, everybody's heard that phrase at one point or another. Somebody accomplishes something, and they say, "Oh, they're just that so and so is talented. They were born that way." And I mean, I heard that a lot as a kid from myself and other people around like me. You were being said, "Oh, well, you're good because you were born that way." Yeah, like you're talented. You're an athlete. That was one, right? And that really screwed me up for a long time. 
because there is always somebody else who's also an athlete and they're better than you. And so if you're an athlete and the other person's an athlete, but that other athlete or kid or person is 10 times better than you are, how do you go about becoming that person? Like how, what are the steps from you're an athlete, but they're a better athlete? You have to put forth more effort. Right, but it's not talked about an effort. It's talked about on they're an athlete. Yeah, but you don't see their work ethic. And maybe they have a work ethic, maybe they don't. But that's not the point. The point is that you're, you're all of a sudden just negating anybody's work. And you're saying that person's good because they're an athlete. So you're living up to your genetic potential. You're exceeding your genetic potential by putting in uh, effort. Or I guess, I mean, being, I guess, growth mindseted. Sedated, that's a word. <laughs> so there is, and um, I'm sure I'm missing some details on this, but they did, there was a study, and they talk about this in the book, Growth Mindset by um, Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck, great book. Uh, but there's a group of kids, and they, big classroom, they give a, a test, and it's a test at their own level, and they basically split the class in half, and half the kids, when they turn in the test, said, oh, you did great, you're super smart. And the other half of the class, they said, oh, you did great and you worked really hard, right? So same group, another test, and the test was like two grade levels above where they're at. All the kids who were told they were super smart quit the test, more or less, not everybody, didn't finish or did horribly on it. All the kids who were told that they worked really hard um, were able to persevere, figure out ways to get around the hard questions. Like they just did way better. So it's a great example of like you're basically pigeonholing people when you're telling them that you're only good because you were born that way or you're as good as you are because you, no outside factors. It's just you're an athlete. You're smart. It's terrible. And so if you can, instead of saying that, base praise and stuff off of effort given, whether that's trying to learn, doing drills, trying to become a better... Whatever you're trying to become. Athlete. Yeah, whatever it is. It's effort-based, not... I mean, this could relate to your career, too. Yeah, 100%. You keep talking about athletics. It's just the easier context. Well, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could be anything. Be a better learner. Step one to being more mentally tough. Yeah. Also, um, redefine what success means to you. So if I were to ask you, what what's success mean to you? What is success? <laughs> success means being able to say it? Yeah. Are you asking me? I'm saying, what does it mean to you? Am I supposed to answer it? Okay, let's say, what have you said? Uh, earning a million dollars. Okay. Right. You could say, awesome. Table that because that's kind of every, that might be a, that's such a broad definition of success. Like who cares? Oh, well, I was going to say happiness. That's okay. Let's, not very, no, that's, I, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That's a similar definition. It was kind of, it's like, I had, it's, I was waiting to come up with something better. It's so broad. <laughs> that's right? why I didn't say it. Yeah. But it's a good example. Cause like, what does that even mean? Happiness. So that's, that's could, why I didn't say you it. You could table that thing, and um, 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> that stupid computer. So you table that thing. Okay, great. You want to be happy? We'll just leave that up in the clouds and, and probably never look at it again. Now you you got to take a step back, bring that down, and then set some realistic goals. Okay, so if I eat better, that makes me happier, right? You, you just kind of put in place... Feel better about yourself. Yeah, you put in place these baby steps that you can actually use as reference points. What about, like, being present and... Um reflecting upon days or weeks or time to be like I'm really happy right now what like meditate it could be that or it could just I mean I actually wouldn't say meditating meditating but just like taking the time to reflect upon your life and like actually being like I feel really good or whatever like whatever it may be I'm thinking of happiness in the realm of that I feel like we're getting off topic, but... Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I think it just basically boils down to um, having a growth mindset. So you're not fixating on... Or you're not unable to use and bring in information. You need to have goals that are like basically achievable and... Um, what's the word? What do you do when you like uh, record something? Measurable, <laughs> measurable goals. Because again, like happy, you can't measure kind you know, you can't really chart that out. So you need something much more tangible. Um, and then on with that, yeah, character and process. So huh? character and process. What's that? Well, as you are a learner, the thing you're trying to learn Hopefully, it's building a good character. And then you can implement the process of doing that into other attributes. Right? Just like you were saying, I was talking about athletes too much. You can put that in your career. You can put that in friendship. You can put it in parent. You can put it in whatever. But it's always the same. So, And one thing, real quick, before we move to the next one, be on a learner. Like It's, it's funny, but it's easy. Maybe not easy, but it's very common, I would say, to be very growth mindset oriented in some aspects of life and completely shut down in others. So something to pay attention to. I notice that in myself quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one moving on would be expect adversity. So this seems pretty simple, but I think it gets overlooked a lot. Um, if you don't expect adversity, Usually when it does happen to you, it's a lot harder to deal with. So whatever it is you're doing, it's coming. It's going to happen. You're going to get injured. People around you will get injured. Uh, you'll get made fun of on social media. You'll have a bad day. Could be worse, right? Death in the family. Like it, There's just any number of things that could potentially go wrong, and they will at some point. So having at least thought about those things um, will help you deal with them in the future. Does that mean you need to have like a plan or is it just like the, or is it just like nothing bad will ever happen to me? I think it's both. I think, I think you can't plan for everything, but you can at least give some thought to it. I mean, a good example would be we, we got to, let's say we got to get over to Jackson. Well, 
it's it's uh, we're gonna be leaving at 6 p.m. in the evening. Um, we're just going over there real quick to grab some dinner and come back, right? But between us and Jackson is a pass. That's it's winter, so it's potential for something to go wrong. It's not a high likelihood. Uh, we're gonna go to a restaurant that's got heat in it, so I don't need to wear much in the way of like winter clothes. Maybe I got flip flops on, right? And and in the truck, I got nothing else. Like no jackets, no water, nothing. Cause it's forty minutes away. Like no big deal. Well, when we get up there, the pass slides. We're stuck in the truck for twelve hours. Right? I mean, pretty bad case. So potentially. You're saying you need to prepare and bring water and. Well, I'm saying if I had thought about the aspect of something going wrong, maybe I would have put shoes and boots on and had a backup jacket in the truck and maybe a bottle of water. I don't know. If I, but then, like, you don't want to be going through life being like, well, if I drive to Jackson, I better make sure I have my gallon of water in the back and I got a shovel in the back just in case I get stuck. Yeah, why not? It's a lot better. Or I guess than being I don't the, want to have to worry. It's about, a lot better than being the idiot on okay, the news so guess, that has flip flops on in December. <laughs> okay, so my question is how how does this relate or differentiate between worrying and expecting adversity? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Those are two completely things. Because the worrier maybe didn't even leave and go to Jackson because they were scared of getting stuck in the sled, even though the likelihood of it is terribly low. Well, the other I mean, person is just prepared. They've, they've about, expected. They've thought about. They have a contingency plan. So, so you're expecting adversity is more in a line of being prepared. Well, exactly. It's, th- it's thinking. It's, worrying. It's, yeah, worrying is like... Um, like I'm thinking of your other examples. Like, you know, worry about um, a tragedy. You know, like if you expect that or worry about that... In the same realm, expect worry about that all the time. Like, there's a big that's difference. That's added stress. That that's added undue stress. Correct. There's a big difference between, and even you could think of like the stoic way of like you know you think about things to their very end. Like, oh, Thor's gonna die at some point. Our dog. <laughs> you just went right there, didn't you? Well, I'm just saying. I think about that all the time. Oh, God. So when I'm with him. I'm enjoying his company instead of just taking it for granted. But I'm not worried about it. It's going to happen. I can't control that. But what I can control is the time I spend hanging out <laughs> with him. Laying with the, there with Thor. Yeah. So it's, and it, this is a little off topic. We're talking about adversity, not tragedy, right? But it is that in some sense. Like you need to expect... You need to realize that things will go wrong at some point. And so if you... And that makes you mentally tougher. Yeah, because you're prepared for the situation. If, if we're on a right, road so trip and the trailer just... tire blows out and I just freak out. <laughs> I just start throwing shit. <laughs> like the, the world's ending. The trip. I mean, we got two more weeks of time to go hang out on and, and enjoy whatever we're doing and i've just lost it (laughs) like that is terribly mentally weak 
Instead, I go, ah, ah, this sucks. Tire. Okay, we'll pull over. I feel like you can name 800 experiences that you and I have been through. <laughs> totally. I'm thinking of all of our mental adversity. Right. And if each one of those was just a blow up, a blow up, it, it's, it's not good. I'm thinking of one recently where we almost got stuck in the mud. What, in the sand? In the mud. Oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> Anyways, again, if what would have... So let's... <laughs> we don't need to go there, right. but it wouldn't have been good if either one of us were freaking out. Well, exactly. So so you plan for these Expect, things. So, like, I mean, I think... Like, it's expectations more, minus reality, right? Well, reality doesn't care. Reality, well, then, it just is. And so if you can, if you can think about these things and, and give some foresight and... Okay, what do we do if this happens? What do we do if this happens? What, when we go dirt biking, do we well, take do yeah, you take yeah, a rain yeah. jacket? Yes, but I was just thinking like in the context of this element of being mentally tough, it's staying calm, cool, and collected when shit hits the fan. Yeah, it's being un. Um, but I think that's a good way to put it, and like that's how I'm understanding it. Is like, you know, if we're dirt biking and something goes wrong, like. We're not going to be the one that takes the entire group energy down to the ground by freaking out. Exactly. You know, you're going to be hopefully lifting people up in despite of adversity because right. of whatever you know, like. I got one. That was coming up. Find the oh, is it different? Is no, it different it's similar. Element? It's a good. It's a good example. Well, this is what I'm. This is what I'm gathering from the expect adversity. No, totally. That's it. Calm, cool, collected. Yeah, I like it. All right, next one. Take aim. No triggers. So take aim part would be, again, you need goals. Um, you also need to realize what's in your control and what's not. So that's piggybacks right off the expected adversity. You can kind of plan for things. Um, you have an idea what's in your control and what isn't in your control. Just as an example, if you're an athlete, you could say you have, I think, five things here in your control, training, nutrition, sleep, recovery, and mindset. But you honestly don't have complete control over all those. I mean, in a perfect world you do, but what happens if you're going to an event, your flight gets delayed or, or you miss it or it gets canceled? Um, what if the, the supermarket's out of uh, chicken. food, chicken, right? <laughs> like there's all these little tiny things that can always happen. And if one of those things is like a, a trigger, it just sets you off, right? It's just, it's no good. So the one thing you really always have control over, and this is from Epic, Epictetus, um, is your reason to choose, which is pretty cool. Uh, Epictetus is an old philosopher back in the day. Um, so he says the reason to choose is ultimately the only thing that you have control over. So effort and focus. And you can... I don't know. It's a super short, but you can take that one pretty deep. And all in all, it really is. Because again, like you go back, do you have complete control over your sleep? Hopefully, but there's all outside factors, light, noise, circumstance, right? Sometimes that can be controlled. Recovery, most you'd like to think so, but what if your sleep was terrible? That's going to impact your recovery. So if all these things build and build and build, what you do have control over is how you react to it. So no self-pity. Deal with it appropriately. You got to realize, too, a lot of this stuff's an emotional response, so fight or flight. Um, 
So it's, it's not always like we we're hardwired to have these responses too. So it's not your fault that you have the initial response, but it is your fault and how you deal with that response. So um, there's another saying, uh, this one by Viktor Frankl, who was a, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, fantastic book. He survived the Holocaust. He says, between stimulus and, and the outcome, there is a space, and that is the space, or and in that space is your ability to respond. So that that's a pretty profound idea. And so you can't control the stimulus, and what you can control is after the stimulus, how you respond to that stimulus. There's a space, and yeah, dictates a lot. So if you get cut off in traffic, you can scream at the windshield, slam your steering wheel, do all that stuff. Uh, but that was also, again, you couldn't control getting cut off in traffic, but you can absolutely control how you respond to that scenario. So. And what's the outcome? Well, that would be the outcome, screaming like a little child in your car. Well, the outcome would be like you hit, you hurt your fist banging it against the thing, against the thing. Yeah, you could do that. But the Isn't outcome is the works? outcome is you overreacted to the stimulus. So that space, in between, what you choose to do. But your reaction to the stimulus can dictate the outcome. Oh, that yeah, exactly. So I the thought, out. I thought it said that the two things you can't control were the stimulus and the outcome. No, no, sorry. If I said that, that was a mis mistake. You can't control a stimulus. And then, but after that, you have a space which dictates the outcome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And there could be all kinds of outcomes. You could hurt your fist. Um, somebody that you know could voice. be in the car next to you, watching you do this, throw a little tantrum like a child. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And, and that's all re emotional response. And again, it's not... It's not your fault for having an emotional response. Like that's a good luck trying to get that to go away, right? But you can work on controlling how you deal with that emotional response. And then you can absolutely control your physical response to the emotional. So even if you have these feelings of rage, rage <laughs> uh, you can work on not expressing that physically right i mean maybe it's still burning in your chest like five minutes later but work on not expressing it you're showing restraint showing control um don't be reactive amateurs react professionals um respond so we want a response not a reaction um I don't know. You got anything else on this one? Oh, triggers. This is what I was going to say earlier. So have in mind what set, like if you can, if you can, if you know that getting cut off in traffic is just blows you up, it goes back to the first thing. Expect to get cut off in traffic at some point. And then when it happens, at least you're going to have a little bit, you're going to be a little bit more prepared. So you were starting to bring up the dirt bike stuff. And <laughs> I was going to say a trigger for you would be uh, 
Failure? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, being, being lost in the woods by yourself, but not actually being lost in the woods. We're just around the corner. Well, so we're on a group on a ride. Podcast, are we? <laughs> and Dane realizes if she looks up. And you know, you know. And there's no one around or in sight. Um, that would be a trigger mm-hmm. that sets off a cascading effect of emotions for you. I'm not denying anything. <laughs> so if, if you know these things and then the next time it happened, you're able to think through and stay and have a response to them instead of a reaction to them. Well, that's funny. What? You think that I can think through it and... Yeah, because, because if you put I these, am mentally weak when it comes if, to that, Josh. If you put these into play and you expect adversity. No, so how I have mediated that is like um, tracking where the tracks are. Like, right. That has made me feel more confident. Safe. Safe. Yeah. Um, talking with you. Totally. Having so, an open line of communication that these are the rules and you have to abide by them. So again, if you but, don't, Dane starts cascading in emotion. But this is a perfect example of take aim at some things that you can work on. Right. Know and your I, triggers, and now you've got some plans set in place. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm teetering on the spectrum of mentally tough there. <laughs> like but working it's a teeter-totter. On it. yeah. But I would say that, um, you know, I think ex- the expectations, the knowing of my weaknesses, or knowing of my problem whatever it is trigger trigger it can help it for a little bit (laughs) but ultimately i think uh yeah but i've talked about setting things in motion to help me get more comfortable not feeling lost yeah but that's a great example of a trigger yeah it's a specific thing that you know sets you off so having a non-emotional response is much better than a emotional <laughs> response. <laughs> All right, next one: silence the detractor or critic. Um, so we have a constant critic in our head. There's critics everywhere, especially advent of social media. Everybody can talk to everybody. It's it's insane. Um, but from an evolutionary standpoint, we default to being a critic. I mean, it's, it's a, again, it, it boils, it's not just like, just, just started with social media. This is way, way back. So if we were, we're way more hardwired to remember the things that are bad than the things that are good, because remembering the things that are bad helps you stay alive. Um, if you don't remember that when it gets dark and big hairy things with teeth that want to eat you come out at night like you're not going to last that long uh if you eat this certain berry that you know makes you shit your brains out and then you die dehydrated and curled up in a ball in two days you don't live very long and so it's a lot easier to remember the things that want to kill you than it is to remember that you know the blueberries taste better than the red berries blah 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 and so this voice of critic in our head, it's, it's not inherently bad, but it, it can become bad. And so being able to silence that is, is important. 
And I think it is important to point out that something or someone or a voice in your head that is a critic is also someone or something that doesn't give you a solution. So it's kind of like the main point of the difference between, you know, you, we've all heard like constructive criticism, blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing about a critic is they don't ever offer a solution. There's nothing positive to come about it. It's just what you did wrong, how you did it wrong, how you're a failure, blah, blah, blah. Instead of, hey, this is what you did wrong, try this. Right. So there's a big difference between a critic and then you could say a coach, hopefully a coach, right? Um, or somebody who has your better interest in mind and is actually offering up solutions to your problem or the thing you did wrong instead of just telling you how you suck. Um, most people are aware that it was a great poem by uh, Teddy, Har uh, Teddy Roosevelt, The Man in the Arena. Um, I checked that out, if not, but very true. The, you know, the person out there trying new things is the person that deserves the credit, not the people in the stands yelling at them. Telling them how they did it wrong. Um, and the voice in your head is also, it's not you. It's just a, it's like a running commentary. It really is. Like, it, I mean, meditation will help you kind of get in on this. But like, we don't, have you ever tried to control your thoughts? I have. How'd it go? Not well. <laughs> it's terribly hard. I mean, I've had moments. Yeah. That's well, the whole point of meditation, though. Right. And, and like... It's not like... And, and then they even tell you when you're meditating, it's like you're not fighting it. You're just observing it. Right. You're stepping back and just letting them go. Letting them, letting them cruise around. And... Or try... I mean, I'm because trying to get back. Yeah. It's not possible to control every thought that pops in your head. I mean, it's... it's I mean... No, it's not. No. And so... In my opinion... Well, same idea, yeah, I mean, same idea here, like, you can't, you just need to be able to get away from it, take a step back, um, not respond, not react, right? Um, there's a great little, because uh, if you ever played this game with yourself where you're like, all right, I'm going to eat healthy tonight at dinner, let's say, and party is all fired up and then there's party that's like nah I want dessert like I don't want to eat I want freaking pizza and ice cream I don't want to eat healthy and you're like shit and then you're having this little internal battle right five minutes later you could be like screw it I'm eating pizza and ice cream <laughs> and literally there's a part of you that goes what are you doing fat ass are you just going to eat pizza and ice cream all night? Like, why don't you eat healthy? Like, it doesn't matter what you do. You're still going to have an argument with yourself. Um, the voice inside your head does not care what you do. It just wants to argue through and through. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's so freaking true. Like, I want to go for a run today. Oh, my knee's a little achy. My ankle. Oh, I got this thing later. I don't want to be tired for it. Uh, but I want to go run. But I want to go run. I want to get Because I know it's healthy. 
And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go run. Put your shoes on. Or, you talk yourself out of it. Oh, my yeah, God. I've totally like, done that. Talk yourself in. Talk yourself out. And again, I it is true. I don't even think. And if you start doing it, you're fine. And then you're just doing the thing. So. I think you actually said this one. I don't know if this is off topic or not, but about food. You know, like when you're eating sh- crappy food, like if you're when you're eating ice cream, yeah, it tastes good and the dopamine receptors are doing its thing, but it's so fleeting, like, and it doesn't it doesn't do anything. No, it does nothing. Like seriously, when you said that, like I think that really changed a lot of my mindset on eating crap and like that like sweet fix or cheat meal. Like it doesn't do anything. And it's not like, it's not like I feel great after. I and feel it's bad. Like, yeah. And it just like, it doesn't matter. Um, I just, and I, in one of my little meditation apps, they also said something similar. I'm not remembering it off the top of my head, but it was similar to that. Like it doesn't change. Like, I think maybe I'll just stick with yours. It's great during, but. It's it's not even that great, I think is what you said. Like, it's not even that great. Right. It is interesting because I think it goes back if you... Because I, I pay attention to this stuff. I think about it all the time. And, Shocker. Yeah. Um, but what it is, is it's the build-up to it. So it's like the journey before a destination idea, right? And I don't want to get too far off topic either. But real quick, it's, it's also like training before the event. Oh, that's what you were talking about. You were saying it's like the buildup for eating the, the ice cream. Like you, yeah. get a, you get to look forward to it going to the store. You get to look forward to it buying it at the checkout. Meanwhile, too, you're broadly also having the internal battle of feeling a little bit of guilt. The whole guilt, time. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Yeah. And then, but you're like, and then you finally get to it and you're like eating it. And, and it's good. And then it's gone. But then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even, like literally, if you could just have that buildup and then not eat it. You would you know, like all that all that foreplay leading up to it is still there. It's just like training. Look, I mean, this goes back to like any event, and it, I would like it's not the event, it's not the thing, it's not the the you finish the thing. It's like that's great, and I'm sure like there are times that that it really means something. But it, but usually, what you remember the most fondly is all the effort. And persistence and days you showed up and training you put in to get yourself to the event or the challenge. Mm-hmm. And anybody that holds on to the event and challenge more than the journey of training, like, I don't know, Lost. you peaked in high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I did peak in high school. Uh, uh, last one, number five, seek out practice. So it's always, it always comes back to practice. Um, it takes reps. It takes time. You'll always have faults. You'll never be perfect. You're trying to find the space in between crises, more or less, to put this stuff into play. And I know we said it wasn't physical. It manifests itself in a bunch of different ways. It can be physical. But the thing is, is if you show up and you do these things and you put these into practice, like it will show up physically. It will show up mentally. It will show up emotionally. Um, the whole goal is just to become tougher, essentially. I know tougher is a, might not be the best word there, but 
you just you don't want to be on the whim of everything else around you. You want to be like the calm in the middle of the storm. Right? Shit's going crazy everywhere and you're just doing what you got to do. You're not overreacting, you're not underreacting. You're just getting stuff done. Um and the best place to practice this stuff is not at the extremes because if you're always super comfortable, it's too easy and you know, you're not really learning much. And if it's like survival scenario, it's way too extreme, right? You're then it's just fight or I mean, it just well, you're just risking your life or whatever or risk. somebody else's life or it's just it's not where you want to be to practice, right? And then what you want is that nice middle ground and that is also why training is so helpful to building mental toughness is because you come into a fairly safe environment, you're put under stress, and you're able to adapt and deal with it, whether that's through weights, through runnings, through rowing. Um, runnings. Runnings. It could be anything, right? But that middle ground just out of your comfort zone is the best place to be to be able to um, get some of this stuff to stick and practice the snooze alarm in the morning, um, get cut off in traffic, crappy weather, and I think the overall thing. snooze alarm in the morning? Well, how do you react to it? Oh. Do you get out of bed? Do you hit snooze? Go back to sleep. I hit snooze and go back to sleep. Uh, complainers are a great example of potentially oh that's one so like the overarching thing on all this is if if it's awareness so the more aware you are of how you respond how you react what you do where you're tough where you're not the better you're going to get at all of it the more mentally tough you are no the more aware you are means more mentally tough you are means you can build your mental toughness better because if you don't know where you if you don't know what you don't know can't get better so knowing what you don't, learning what you don't know, applying it, becoming aware of the situations where you do um, uh, emotionally react and not respond, all those things, it's going to help. Um, I like this saying, even though it's fairly extreme, never whine, never complain, never make excuses, thoughts become words, words become your actions, and actions dictate your destiny. Now, that's pretty hard. Like, never whine, never complain. I mean, <laughs> right? Think about it. How many times do you complain in a day? Yeah. Now, I think there's jokes, right? You can make jokes. Ah, weather sucks. Like, But, like, truly whining and truly complaining. I think those are things that it's, if you're introspective, thinking about that and, like, really try not to let that stuff come out of your mouth, it's hard. Pay attention to how many times a day you complain or whine. Yeah, so that would be like breaking the breaking the chain. Um, really hard one is to not think it. But again, we can't necessarily control what comes in and out of our brains. But what you can control is what comes out of your mouth. So um, there's another guy. He said, never lie. And he says, well, that's impossible. But... What was it try not to lie or try not to let the lie come out of your mouth something like that 
Because that is something that you actually can control. You can control what comes out of your mouth. You can't control what comes in and out of your head. Oh, like never lie, control what comes up. Never, or... To never tell a lie, or never, never, um... I'll have to figure this the one point, out. The point, the thing is, is just control what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, because you can't necessarily do the other. What if something bad comes out of your mouth, and then you want to take it back? It's too late. Well, see, I say it's too late. It already happened, but it's also up to your mouth again to make repercussions as to what came out. <laughs> What? <laughs> if you were to make a mistake yeah. by not filtering what came out your mouth. Yeah. Well, some things you just can't take back. Once said or done. Yes, it's true, but yeah. you can try. Yeah, but it might not be enough, depending on what it was. So, um, become aware. Pay more attention. That's how you build mental thinness. It's definitely something that needs to be practiced. It's not you either have it or you don't. You can also have it and then lose it. Um, I've, I've yeah thought about again thought about it quite a bit and had it at certain points in time and then felt like I have not had it at certain points in time and had to regain it. What would be those examples? Um, I, like through periods of, or it's fluctuated. Maybe I've been really. Uh, diligent and dedicated to woodworking projects but then not worked out for a couple weeks right and then fitness has slipped off while other things have been better or i don't know i just feel like there's always periods where it's a it's a constant battle to try and stay on top of it it really is because it'll just start slipping away and that's why i think well i think a lot of things but I, i think um in general in general, like we're we're all hardwired to think we do more than we do, <laughs> basically. And it, it, it like because we do have memories and we we've had past experiences. We also and it, the, we do have memories, but we have terrible memories, and, and we d- tend to overemphasize the things that we think we've done better than we actually do. <laughs> I was going to change the subject off of what you just said when going back to what I had thought there a second ago. Like, ultimately, mental toughness, there's no badge that you get. There's no, yes, you are mentally tough. No, you are not mentally tough. Right. It is just something you're constantly pursuing subconsciously and consciously, would you say? Yeah. Um, whether you, like, you know. And that ultimately it's a lifelong challenge. So there's not like a, oh, he is, or he, she is mentally tough. I mean, they can exude that. Yes. They can exude that. um, There is, but it's an ever moving marker. They can express it, I guess. Yeah. Because I mean, if I I think of the people I've thought of who are mentally tough in my life. Sitting right next to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The model. Where's my badge? <laughs> yeah. um, they never talk. They never. They just do. They didn't even know they were mentally tough. Or they thought they weren't and needed to prove it. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of a hallmark too. Like you're. They're just. Okay. They're they're in the they're in the midst of doing things. What about in Skin like? Skin shit done. What about in like an athletic 
I've never like. Well, yeah, a mentally tough person's a person that shows up and practices every day. What about perseverance? Same. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing I got going for me. No, like literally, if if you show up every day to your responsibilities, whether it's it's somebody else's responsibilities that they've gave you, whether it's your job or the responsibilities you've given yourself, that's that's a mentally tough individual. You can always expound on that, right? Go an extra mile, do the other thing, whatever. But that's that's mentally tough, for sure. That's why that's why when we started, it wasn't just physical. It's it's everything combined. Now, a better, um, you know, a more mentally tough individual will make a better athlete, will make a better person. All those things, like they they definitely sense. go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And you can have an athlete who's not mentally tough too, mm-hmm. but they could probably be a better athlete or person if they were. Yeah. We've been wanting to do this podcast for a while now. Or you have been. Yeah. I think, well, uh, I so, think we talked about it originally when we started talking about starting a podcast. Yeah, and the aware, real quick on the awareness thing, because I started and then got sidetracked, but like, a perfect example, because everybody probably knows one, but like com- complainers, right? Never complain. We said that as a thing. It's really hard to actually do. But if you have a friend who's always complaining. Don't hang out with him? No. Cut but, him off. No, but pay attention because it's fascinating. And you could even you could even say, hey, you know, don't complain. Like They'll be like, oh, yeah, I hate complainers. Like, they'll complain without about even, the complainers. They'll complain immediately following and just zero awareness that they're even doing it. So awareness is such a key thing because you if you if you're not aware you're doing something, you don't even know that you need to or you can or you need to change or work on changing or anything. So awareness is the first step out of everything that we talked about, even though it was one of the five. It's kind of like the umbrella over everything. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Enduro Method podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you want to send us a message, get in touch, you can find us on uh, social media. Instagram is where we're most active, but Facebook, we are on there as well. Um, Or at our website, enduromethod.com. Also, if you have any other podcast topics or anything that you think would be uh, worthwhile for us to talk about, don't be afraid to send those in. We're always looking for good ideas, especially if you're thinking of something that maybe we're not. Um, So we hope you enjoyed and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much.